0: Let's see wade prefers to budget one way and alex prefers another i think i'll stick with the guy who wrote the book on this hi everyone and welcome
1: to retire with style i'm alex and i'm wade and today we're going to continue our series on budgeting for retirement and last episode we sort of set the groundwork with regards to budgeting and what issues you may face and what are the building blocks you want to think about Effectively, we're quantifying your goals for retirement or quantifying what risk you want to take off the table. And we spoke about one method, which was the replacement rate. And we got into a concept that Wade wrote about that we think blends very well, which is the safe savings rate. Today, Wade, what are we going to be tackling in terms of budgeting uh, uh, next approach?
2: Yeah, so today what we want to get into is actually if- If you're more like me and less like Alex, and you want to actually budget, that's uh, everyone. Think about doing that. (laughs) How do you think about actually like defining the categories, collecting past expenses, looking at average expenditures over time, and then also thinking about how to translate that for retirement as well? So that's the objective for today.
1: Okay, and one of the, one of the things that we just want to I want to make a point when we're talking about the replacement rates, and if you missed that, you can just feel free to catch our previous episode where we get into that. One of the, you know, part science, part art kind of thing, you know, part witchcraft. Uh, but one of the things that are, is actually tough when it comes to this is how do you account for changes in retirement. And one of the best ways to do that is just to get an actual sense from an itemized standpoint of where those changes could be coming from. And so to do that, to adjust for these numbers, I I think Wade is right that a bottoms-up approach makes sense. And so that requires breaking down your expenses by categories. And Wade, do you want to talk about perhaps the usual suspects? And, And I'll chime in there when it comes to what retirement, what what retirement budgeting categories, makes sense for you to start trying to itemize? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and just before starting to talk about that, and Alex was even debating whether we should name them all, but I, I think it's important. But to be clear, you can have much fewer categories if you want to merge things together. You could expand out categories. Some of these categories will talk about subcategories, and so it's really, the sky's the limit whether you <laughs> want to reduce what we're going to talk about into five general categories or whether you want to have 30 different categories that's up to you but at least what we're going to talk about now i hope will at least hint at or imp- like mention little <laughs> type of an expense someone might yeah, so, consider for retirement so
1: so what we're getting at is we're going to go into a little bit of an exhaustive list of items you want to think about so for those of you that like to collapse categories I suggest you go to your podcast settings, and where it says 1.0, 1.5, or 2.0 in terms of playback speed, let's go with what? What do you think, Wade? 1.5 playback speed?
2: You're trying (laughs) to get through this faster. Yeah.
1: If you like to collapse the categories, if you want to just listen in and immerse yourself in it, leave it at 1. Right, Wade? (laughs)
2: That's right. And also note that these general categories are in alphabetical order, so there's... No specific uh, ordering preference here. But also that, like mentioning how you can merge categories, I do use a general home expenses category that actually probably combines at least about 10 of what we're about to talk about. (laughs) I don't try to make that refined of a distinction between some of these. But I think that's all the caveats before we get into the actual list of things. Fire away, man. Let's, Let's begin. And so again, in alphabetical order, we've got charitable contributions, if that's part of your budgeting. So so charitable giving. Next would be clothing expenses. And like I said, I I do put a lot of things together into just a general home expense category. And so clothing is something I don't keep separate. I just put it into a big home category. But clothing expenses, Uh, credit card rewards, which if you like to play around with some of those opportunities with credit cards, this is a negative expense. But I liked include it to just be able to keep track of, especially something like travel, if you're able to, say, get a flight ticket with uh, points, I would like to uh, add in the estimated expense of that so that I could increase my travel budget by that amount for the purposes of future projections. I want to know how much I'm spending on travel, but then my overall spending for that year would then be offset by the negative value of that expense that I put into this credit card rewards category. So either cash back type rewards from credit cards or using the the points to cover expenses and then estimating those expenses and offsetting them with a negative expense in this credit card reward category.
1: So Wade, what's in your wallet?
2: I like the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should be naming. <laughs> no, no, I just was, wanted <laughs> to see if you pick up on a commercial. I, I don't. Don't worry, I don't care. <laughs> I've got one I'm quite happy with. But I wanted to see if I could get their, you. Their, basically, like a 2.625% cashback on everything except travel, which is actually a 3.5% cashback.
1: And I, and I don't think people realize it's way, it weighs a bit of a point snob. When when it comes to his his hotels and and airlines, he he loves to rack them up, don't you? Wait,
2: uh, I do love to rack up the airline points, especially because with my family, when we are able to make a trip to Japan, that's a very valuable use of points. I do have a ton of hotel points that I really don't find that much use for, but, so I'm not so happy about racking those up necessarily. But, right, yeah, right. they can they can be a lot of value there.
1: All right,, uh, just to continue it, there's also I, I'll, I'll take the baton weight. There's debt repayments. that comes in the form of mortgage mortgages. And when we spoke about the last episode, these are mortgages something that most likely will be changing as you retire, but it's still a line item in in the budget. Uh, car loans, another thing that could change, and there's also car payments that we'll get into later. Uh, educational loans credit card and just other general types of loans you may have that's something you definitely want to have you know have itemed out because those are things that aren't as constant pre-retirement as post-retirement and you want to know potentially where that where that change is going to come from
2: entertainment yeah. On, A couple sorry, of comments there, too. Like With credit card payments, that's going to be something that you kind of have to back out of if you're downloading all your expenses through some website or through the credit card statements. Paying the credit card bill isn't really an expense if you counted the actual spending <laughs> as the expense. If I was you thinking do have more loans
1: interest, where maybe you didn't pay in full and so you have some right, repayments. It,
2: right. Interest on credit cards be something you'd want to specifically tease out and include in the budgeting potentially to to no past expenses. And then also something like mortgage payments, uh, you want to be careful because if you're putting money into escrow to pay property taxes or homeowners insurance, that might be an expense you forget to actually include in your budget so that when you finish your mortgage payments, that mortgage payment doesn't simply just drop to zero for you. You now have to pay for the property taxes and homeowner insurance. And you wanna make sure that is you you could accidentally hide those payments in your mortgage payments and forget to include them. Uh yeah, that's a good point. Is, when we talk about how things might change in retirement, <laughs> forget to include property taxes in your retirement budget, which would potentially be a big mistake if you're under then than underestimating your spending needs.
1: Then you have entertainment, hobbies, leisure activities those kind of items and it, this is something that right you're retired you're, you're not dead you want to enjoy your retirement and there's things that you should be budgeting in for it, it goes back to the four L's this is the, the lifestyle category and there's things you want to be doing there's you want to avoid the great great divorce right you need some quality time with you with your spouse if you will and so you, you make time for you know entertainment food a line item for food you have groceries restaurants
2: gifts and, and that uh, you can do, like I I do keep those separate actually I, I consolidate a lot of categories but I do have separate categories for like groceries and then for restaurants. Yeah, I, restaurants could go. You can put
1: that sure. under entertainment, really, as well, if you'd yeah, like to. Yeah,
2: there's a lot of flexibility here. This is we just want to touch upon everything, but how you then them, um, you have quite a bit of flexibility for that.
1: Gifts, gifts is not just a uh, gift is not just uh. Tangible gifts that you know you're giving something to somebody, but it also comes in the form of family support. So educational expenses, family support, the, those fall into the category of gifts. Wait, what something there or the
2: too? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean just the uh, yeah.
1: It could be an, a Could be an iPhone too, but it, it's, <laughs> right. it's beyond. It's beyond just that tangible. If if you will, uh, healthcare expenses, and this is a doozy, and you could have, you know, we'll have podcast just on this alone uh, whole arcs on this but effectively that's insurance medicare premiums out-of-pocket expenses dental vision just trying to think did i get them all away is there anything i could be missing there just all sorts uh, of health care expenses well
2: it's yeah insurance premiums and then out-of-pocket type expenses not covered by the insurance but this is something that might change quite a bit in retirement anytime somebody changes their health insurance you might see big changes But particularly at age 65, when you switch over to Medicare, um, your past, it's good to keep track of this, but you might need to make adjustments. And depending on how subsidized your health insurance is, it's possible you will either be spending more or less after switching to Medicare.
1: Yeah. And for the joys of home ownership, you have home maintenance, right? Mm -hmm. Landscaping, snow removal, depending on where you live pool cleaner, depending on where you live, uh, home security, HVAC, et cetera. Uh, By the way, Wade, we're we're getting a new air conditioning tomorrow delivered. And I have to say this because I think everyone can relate. There were only three of these air conditioners available in the city. It's like my Mm -hmm. wife said, we'll take it. (laughs) It's just because it was, you know, with with the way things are going. But home maintenance is, is an issue. I mean, wouldn't you say, Wade?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And also like home cleaning, pest control, that sort of thing. But this is another area too, where maybe in early retirement, but everyone's different. Like perhaps you're paying for a house cleaner while working. If you're going to then clean the house yourself, you could lower that potential expense. But then later in retirement, maybe you're doing your own lawn mowing and so forth. But at some point you might need to outsource that as it becomes increasingly uh, difficult to do. So well, that's I think my father in law is
1: taking a case. different track. My father in law is he's doing more and more home repairs as he gets older. Yeah,
2: so that could be a way to save. You have more, the way to use your time. You might be able to take care of some of the things that you out prior to retiring.
1: Although that, that may cause a spike in healthcare expenses if, if the ladder <laughs> wobbles the wrong way. <laughs> uh, that,
2: that's true. <laughs> that's uh, okay. And then take care with.
1: Now, do you, do, you, do you personally collapse home expenses like rent or HOA dues, repairs, versus home maintenance? Because it, it could be overlapping there a little bit, right? Uh,
2: I do, yeah, generally keep those separate because these are specific categories where if you know about a move in retirement, like rent, you can be more specific of, okay, I will allocate X number of dollars per month for rent in apartment. So you and that's if you if you own a home now, but you're thinking of rent and retirement, it might be this category that you call property taxes slash rent, because pre retirement, it's property taxes, post retirement, that could be where you keep track of the rent. Also, HOA dues, if you're thinking to move, might as well just keep that separate so you can put in a specific estimate on any HOA dues that it might be and then home repairs, you could count in home maintenance. But that's, I think a lot of the home maintenance expenses are more fixed. Like if you're paying for this service every month, you know that those are somewhat fixed. Whereas home repairs does have that element of something broken. In year you pay zero. Fixed. Yeah. yeah, but you're getting the new HVAC tomorrow. That's probably something I would fit more in the... It's not yeah, you're right. In that it's not case, an HVAC it's tune-up. A,
1: <laughs> it's not like we're changing yeah. the filters and it's a monthly kind of time to change the filter or or whatnot. This is, yeah, a completely new system.
2: Yeah. So that's something I might, repair wouldn't be the right name there, but that's looks kind of expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Potentially large one-off types of expenses. Yeah. Go into that separate.
1: Uh, then you also have insurance premiums, insurance premiums, that's home life, auto umbrella, disability, long-term
0: care. Let's take a moment to let the audience know that this show is sponsored by Retirement Researcher. You can learn more about Retirement Researcher at retirementresearcher.com and subscribe to our newsletter, where you'll receive weekly actionable information for your retirement planning benefit. Retirement Researcher is an online community devoted to helping you create the retirement income plan geared towards your goals.
1: You have that. Now Wade, what do you think about long term care? Uh and and I we're, I'm splitting hairs, I know that, but I just want I'm trying to answer questions that people could be asking as they're listening. And so you see insurance premium and all of a sudden they see long term care. You know, hey, insurance. do I put that under insurance premiums or do I put that under health care?
2: Oh, um well it's if you just have one insurance category, they go together, but
1: yeah, that's true.
2: Well, well yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a good point. You could bundle long-term care related expenses into health care, but this long-term care is the area where, well, if you have insurance, you know, there is a fixed expense every so often, but it, it, there could be more volatility. I, I think it might be easier to keep long-term care separate from, from care, which may surprise people that a lot of times, When you see annual estimates of, say, this is how much retirees can expect to spend on health expenses in retirement, that doesn't include long term care. Long term care is usually treated as a separate category. And so my, I would approach this as treating health care and long term care as separate categories. Though, yes, there is flexibility to find a system that works for you. And if you want to combine them, uh, I will not object.
1: Well, but the beauty of Retire With Style podcast with Wade and Alex is that it's by Wade and Alex. And so if Wade wants it in the (laughs) insurance premium, it goes in the insurance premium. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, good to be the king. (laughs) (laughs) Memberships, You, you hear it's, you know, this is where you have your silver sneakers, right? Fitness, civic organizations, warehouse, season tickets, and who knows uh nowadays it's your your pickleball club membership dues
2: right country clubs too you got to fit somewhere if that's part of the budget but yeah anything where it's kind of a fixed ongoing expense and warehouse clubs don't forget to put the annual however much a costco membership is these days you definitely want to account for that in the budget somewhere but anything where you you know it's a membership in the organization that has a fixed monthly, seasonal, or annual type of an expense. That's what I have in mind with that memberships category. Though, as I mentioned, that is something that I just dump into my general home expense category as well. I don't keep that separate.
1: And then we can move into miscellaneous household expenses. And you even <laughs> right. got cleaning supplies on this bad boy.
2: <laughs> well, right, and that's where, with the miscellaneous household expenses, that is part of my household expense category. But a couple of things I had thought of that just need to we can't forget about them cleaning supplies i do have appliances there but that's like we were just talking about the hvac type situation you might want to since appliances can be these large durable goods that are expensive but that you only have to purchase every so many years you might want to keep them in a separate category but then and also and again if, like if computers you're, and electronics could go. Here
1: if you're well. listening in and you're kind of writing these down look these are kind of normal things we're not coming up with like cold fusion as, as a line item that no one's ever thought of before <laughs> but remember that this is also we're taking this from wade's book chapter three of his retirement planning guidebook and so it, it's all there as well if you if you want to take a look you know in a more organized manner uh so past personal care way we have phones you know electronics kind of stuff this is cellular landline although I don't know if we're going to have landline in the new edition anymore. but
2: <laughs> Right. But That would be the monthly expenses. And then if you want to put, actually buying a new cell phone, you have to decide where to put that. You could also, do, I mean, do you have a landline here? <laughs> Wait, do you have uh, a landline? No, I do not have a landline myself. No, I Many have one. We kept it. I, it's
1: It's through Comcast, I think, and we just have it. But if anyone calls that number, no one's answering. It's almost like... If you're calling the landline, you're like not in the, you're not in our inner circle at this point. I think we get it for blackouts, just in case there's you know for whatever reason there's a dial tone but there's no electricity. Although I don't think they would go hand in hand, so maybe I should cancel it. <laughs> uh, That's old school at this point, huh? Yeah, right. Subscriptions. I mean, don't discount subscriptions. Uh, there's a company called Truebill that it's doing spectacularly well, and its job is just to look at your monthly statements and and tease out subscriptions that you may not want anymore.
2: Yeah, and this can be, like, don't forget about newspapers, magazines, software, and that could be things like uh, if you're paying for Microsoft Office now through the cloud so that it's a monthly bill instead of just paying for the software other types of software uh website memberships music like the whole issue of uh, amazon uh, what the various services they have and so forth a cloud storage if you use a service like dropbox or icloud or whatever other options are all out there Uh, just those kinds of ongoing bills that you face is what i had in mind with the subscriptions category
1: and what's under taxes taxes and more taxes way
2: Yeah, yeah. taxes, you got federal income taxes, you've got any payroll related taxes, uh, Medicare, this would be pre-retirement. I'm thinking of Medicare premiums as going with health care, but pre-retirement, Medicare, the part of the FICA tax, state income taxes, property taxes, and then any other local taxes as well.
1: As you know, the government sure do take a bite.
2: If they want their share of the pie
1: <laughs> and you know and again we put phone out there and just looking at this just shows you how different strokes for different folks right but you know, we even have a line item for television internet which is internet yeah. cable tv streaming services you can easily say but isn't that a subscription yes
2: <laughs> but <laughs> right it's that could be one of those things and that's i do have the the separate internet category as well as a separate television category which you know some people still may have cable tv but for those who have cut the cord it's just the various streaming services that you may keep up with that could go there.
1: What have you done, wait? I'm just curious. Have you cut the you still have cable?
2: No cable. Yeah, just different streaming services. Really? <laughs> A different ones? I think I'm, I have cable. I have Apple TV. I have Hulu. I have Amazon yeah, TV. Yeah. I have Netflix. You probably cut some
1: expenses there somewhere. (laughs) It's it's a mess. You know what, wait, I think I think you're onto something. I even have like Crunchyroll. I even have (laughs)
2: Crunchyroll. So my kids I can see the animes. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, I can't hardly watch commercials anymore. I'm so accustomed to no commercials. So cable TV it just doesn't do it for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't watch Ninety Day Fiance? no oh, come on yeah you do although
2: i think that's on discovery plus probably right <laughs> oh but you know all of a sudden all of a sudden you it. know what tv <laughs> what channel it's on <laughs> it's one of those things they pop up when you of course <laughs> it is of course it is
1: Wait, okay. <laughs> all right uh transportation what do you got under transportation
2: well you've got like auto maintenance so taking in for the annual checkup that sort of thing or other uh, repair bills related to the automobile, fuel, parking, if you have like parking at your apartment, that sort of thing. Or if you specifically uh, have to pay for parking at various times, Uh, insurance I do have in there, but you might, we already listed auto insurance. I don't know what exactly I had in mind with that particular insurance. And then roadside assistance, if you're a member of AAA or something like that. That's very comforting, Wade. Plus, <laughs> buying the cars.
1: <laughs> no, but uh, you can, you can see here, and we're gonna get to this after we detail this. We're gonna talk about some issues, and as you see, us even detailing it, we're 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 realizing, and Wade wrote this. I mean, he wrote a book on this, but we're realizing there's easy opportunities for crossovers here, and mm-hmm. you know, it, budgets are like a snowflake, right? There's millions of them. No two are alike, etc. So uh, m- make it your own. But we're just highlighting some broad strokes in which where there's opportunity for, you know, l- line itemization. Mm-hmm. Uh, travel. What what could go under travel?
2: Well, you might want to separate it by season. You might have your summer travel, your fall travel, winter travel, but you Uh, want to make sure you're... It's like a first world problem, (laughs) wait. Right, right. Wow. Flights, uh, hotel bills, uh, travel insurance. That would be one, like if you're adding in the supplemental travel insurance for a trip. Uh, Local transportation, if you're like renting a car or using, counting up all the Ubers and things like that uh and then i mean do you want to count things like admissions tickets if you're going to theme parks or other like broadway shows where would you budget that you might count that as part of your travel budget unless you live in new york city and go to or it could be straight up entertainment yeah that could also be part of entertainment now your food when you travel you can decide like if you're going to more expensive restaurants as part of the travel do you want to Count it as travel, or do you just want to throw that into your your restaurant budget? But uh, definitely any kind of transportation related to the flight, um, local transportation, hotels, uh, Amtrak, uh, all those kinds of bills tend to go into the travel budget.
1: Wait, I can tell you spent time in the Mid-Atlantic because I don't think anyone would say Amtrak <laughs> unless they were taking that corridor Let's say from D.C. to Boston New York. DC. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. They hit you know D.C., Baltimore, Delaware, Philly, mm-hmm. etc. New York pretty much.
2: Many times the Acela Express.
1: Exactly. I don't think I even fly into New York anymore. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I flew into New York. Uh, utilities, what do we got there?
2: Yeah, so water bills, uh, electric bills, gas bills, if you have home oil related bills like propane so forth, waste disposal, uh, sewage, just anything that, you know, is a monthly type utility bill that you uh, need to pay.
1: Man, if you have a line item for propane You'd like to grill.
2: And propane. <laughs> I mean, invite Wade and I to have barbecue at you in the next available weekend. We'll, we'll be there. <laughs> uh, Alex reveals he has not been in the Midwest very right? Yeah, like pretty much. For a lot of people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, and then special large expenditures. Here we got the bar mitzvahs, huh, Wade?
2: Yeah, this is something a category like if there's just specific either one-off or occasional type of expenses that you just want to keep separate so if you are planning to pay for a child's wedding you might just treat that as a separate one-time expense automobile purchases is something you want to think about like budgeting how, how frequently and how much do you want to budget for those types of every however many years that you purchase a new car Ah, uh, major home renovations. So that could be replacing the roof. That could be Alex's new HVAC if he wants to just keep that somewhere in a separate category where this is a lot of years. These might be zero in this category, but then you might have a year where you have a twenty thousand dollar expense there, or even more for like a car and so forth. But uh, trying to keep that separate. And also if you have any unique trips in mind that go beyond just the regular travel budget, but if it's a special one time around the world trip or something like that, that could I be think substantially what, more expensive than your usual travel. You, I, might, I, you might put that into a separate category.
1: I think what helps with this Wade for these special categories, even some like travel and things like that is this is where mental accounting, at least for me, works very well. And that's where you create like an envelope system around these things. You know, like you you build up to it. Like you put twenty dollars a month, or whatever the number is, two hundred dollars a month, or whatever your number is. You, you let's say the special like the the wedding is ten thousand bucks, right? You know, and you, and you, you you suspect well, weddings more 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 uh, unpredictable. But let's say there's a special trip that you want to take in five years to Bali or or whatnot, right? That's where you can start putting away a certain amount per month. So by the time that time comes around you have the money there you know from a budgeting standpoint that kind of works worked for me when you know my wife and i were in our formative years just trying to save up for special trips just having an an envelope system around that thank Mm you Wade.
2: thank you (laughs) great idea alex (laughs) (laughs) you think so really thanks man (laughs) cutting edge stuff the (laughs) next thing (laughs) We can also just talk about like just how you can simplify some of this as well and so i mentioned this at one of our retirement income challenges once that like i know when i go to costco or when someone from my household goes to costco you buy things besides groceries there as well but as a way to simplify life i just say any expense from costco that shows up i'm going to count 100 percent as groceries and that's wrong but it's going to be wrong in a consistent way that okay, I'm overestimating my groceries, but I'm underestimating other categories by an equal amount and over time, really what I wanna know is what's the total expenditures. And so you can, this is true for any kind of store where you're buying, like one receipt includes different types of expenses. What do you do with that? Well, that's where either I call it all groceries or I call it all general home expenses and don't really worry about any sort of precise way to break that down and and somebody at that retirement income challenge mentioned that oh yes i do that as well and that's like (laughs) it's just a matter of how detailed you want your budget to be if you are trying to use your budget as a way to reduce expenses the more refined you make it the better it can be for me i really just want to know how much i'm spending and that's where even though alex is going to say i have too many categories and i'm spending too much time budgeting (laughs) I I don't try to break down a receipt into different categories. I'm just gonna throw it into one category. Wait, I nervous. would
1: never say that about you. That's that's on you, man. That's on you. I I didn't even
2: and and the other issue is cash. When you go to the ATM and you take a withdrawal out of the ATM, how do you account for that? Now these days I use so little cash that I just Simply don't worry, I well, I, I count any ATM withdrawal, I count as my general home expense category at the time I took those funds out of the ATM and then I'm done with it. I, I don't worry about saving any sort of receipt or anything. Whatever I do with the cash, I already accounted for it in my budget as, okay, I took $200 out of the ATM on this date. That's the expense. So that's another way you can potentially simplify some of this because of the other big issue is if you use credit or debit cards for most of your spending, you get all these details and then it's just a matter of classifying into the categories you want for the each individual bill that you that's billed to that particular card.
1: What's your take on the uh, big ticket items like this big one year amount do you do you kind of like spread that out or Or you just take the hit that one year from the budget even though you enjoy it for like the next five years right so that's like like,
2: suppose you spend twenty five thousand dollars on a car and you buy a car five years your options are every fifth year you have a twenty five thousand dollar expense and zero for the other four years or if you amortize it that would be okay i'm gonna divide that and put five thousand dollars each year for the five years I prefer to just keep it as the one expense. So I'd have the $25,000 in one year and then zeros for the next four years. But the important point coming out of this, and big ticket items is a great example, but it's true for all these other categories too. If you do this kind of budgeting, you're probably gonna notice your expenses fluctuate quite a bit from year to year. And so it's not really just the spending in one year that ultimately matters. It's more, what is your average spending over five or six years. And that way you can then count for these one-off expenses. And so either way, if I, like if I look at my spending over five years, it doesn't matter if I put that $25,000 car bill in one year and zero in the other years or if I spread it out 5000 each year, I'm still going to have the same average spending of $5,000 a year. And that's how I would account for that. And also with the inflation issue, if you just put it all in one year, then you can more easily adjust that amount for future inflation. Whereas if you're amortizing it over time, you get into trickier questions about what that means for your inflation adjustments.
1: I, I couldn't agree more, Wade. I mean, this, this comes up with clients when, we're, you know, when, when you're doing these cash flow-based plans. and uh, It's just a nightmare. To try to make these budgets "quote unquote" gap compliant, if you will, it's like <laughs> who cares, man? We're just trying to, you know, get a good sense of it. And you're right; it's you know this rolling average is actually more important. But you're speaking of something that there's a variability in the in the in the budget that that's inherent to what to the exercise. But what are some potential line items that we mentioned that could increase, and what are some that could decrease?
2: Yeah, yeah, so when you retire, for expenses that might decrease, we actually did cover these in the previous episode, but it's worth just mentioning again. So child rearing expenses will likely decrease once your children have grown. If you've paid off the mortgage, the the mortgage payment or the the interest on your mortgage and so forth uh, will go away from the budget. Uh, If you're not paying payroll taxes once you leave the labor force and Though there's some question about what your overall impact on income taxes could be. For a lot of people, probably they'll be paying less income taxes as well after retiring and not having that labor income as part of their adjusted gross income. You don't have those other work related expenses. Now there's the whole housing issue. If you move, if you're downsizing, you might be able to cut a lot of expenses related to housing and then also if you are doing more home maintenance after retiring or if if you're downsizing your property taxes may decline your other home maintenance bills could potentially decline at least in the early retirement years so those are the main expenses that might decrease
1: what what do you see going up
2: yeah so with increasing expenses So one particular issue is just in early retirement. This is where every day becomes a Saturday, and so you might have all this built-up energy to have leisure. (laughs) So you could have a lot of leisure expenses early in retirement, much more than pre-retirement. You also have to assess the healthcare situation. And depending on how much your health insurance was pre-retirement, Medicare could lower your healthcare expenses overall, at least in early retirement. Uh, might increase it in some cases, but then also healthcare inflation tends to be higher than uh, average inflation, so that is an expense that can increase that retirement. Any other healthcare insurance premiums? Well, as part of your budget, thinking about long-term care, you may not include that in, in your budget, but that is definitely an expense that you would want to account for somewhere, with the potential for later in retirement having that. And then- the extent that you might outsource more home maintenance or other things, uh, that is something that where you might consider a higher expense for some of those types of categories.
1: And to be clear, I mean, a lot of these, we're, we're giving them quick, quick treatment right now, but I, I can envision us right away We'll have an episode specifically on health, an episode arc on healthcare, an episode arc on housing, an episode arc on taxes and retirement. But these these are items these are sort of three horsemen kind of items that you want to you want to make sure that you know you begin to con- consider them now in a way it's something that 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 I think you, okay so you get a number right you're doing the budget you get a number and, and here it is but you want to Maybe talk about how you can kind of maybe do some sensitivity analysis around this, some scenario analysis around this, specifically to the 4Ls, and bringing it back to the 4Ls. Uh, I'm thinking lifestyle and longevity. You know, how you get a baseline number, and then how do you play with it to, to account for what happens if you live to this age versus what happens if you live longer?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that L. Mentioned mention this inflation issue and now like we know oh, inflation day these days so if inflation is 10 percent in a particular year when i'm trying to figure out my retirement whatever i spent last year i might want to increase by 10 percent to get my real spending in today's dollars and so that can be a part of this budgeting process but then yeah then you well, n- the next step is making these adjustments, and especially with something like healthcare, you do probably want to assume whatever you figure out is appropriate in early retirement years. You might uh, increase that, and so, like maybe the best way to explain this, uh, since the 1990s, there's been this idea of the go-go, slow-go, and no-go years of retirement, where the uh, the ages typically used for that there's. Of course, everyone's different, but go-go is usually like 65 to 74. That this is when you've got all this pent up energy, early retirement. You really want to enjoy those years. You might spend a lot more. Slow-go is more ages 75 to 84, where you're not spending as much on leisure. You're not going out as much. You're traveling as much and your overall expenses tend to go down. And then the no-go years, you could say ages 85 and older. And that's where your leisure or discretionary expenses might get quite low, but that's also where other healthcare expenses, long-term care expenses could start to accelerate. And so accounting for that somehow in your budgeting becomes important. Now, in the examples I provide in, in the Retirement Planning Guidebook, I didn't use the three different age categories. Just, I wanted to explain the concept without getting too in the weeds there. So I talked about a couple they're spending between ages 65 and 79, and then they're spending for ages 80 and older. And I made some adjustments at age 80. I doubled their real inflation adjusted healthcare spending after age 80, but I also reduced some of the leisure and other types of categories after age 80 as well to provide some sort of sense of how spending might evolve over retirement. And because there's so much uncertainty about that, you want to err to the side of caution of, of not assuming your spending would decrease too much, but you can still build in, in something like that. Uh, the 4% rule concept assumes you increase your spending for inflation throughout retirement. That's a pretty conservative assumption. Most people will tend to not have their spending keep up with inflation over time. And, and so that's where, well, what can I factor in that might be a realistic way to say, reduce some of my expenses. but increase the healthcare expenses and then that can lead naturally into this kind of retirement spending smile that david blanchett's talked about when he looked at household spending data where spending tends to decrease not between one's 60s and 80s but then the smile is that spending starts to come up in inflation adjusted terms after one's mid-80s never necessarily getting higher than where it was in the 60s but catching up to where it was in 160s and that's That's more health related spending smile yeah it's it's going to reduce the overall cost of retirement compared to assuming inflation adjusted spending throughout the entire retirement horizon is that what you were asking me alex or did i go on a tangent there
1: (laughs) no no uh well i had points but you kind of touched on i'm just making sure that we touch upon all these potential Talking points and and I I mean the only thing I would say to that is what w- is saying something interesting and 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 I'm going to talk about travel and healthcare expenses. So again, it depends on your style, right? We're talking about a total return approach, but you know you have different concerns if you've done an income protected approach and you have if you already have your essential expenses covered. You're, you're thinking about you know there's a different set of of items you're you're pondering, if you will. But for the most part, let's say you've retired, you're 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 looking at your budget, and you created a travel budget, and you don't really touch your travel budget, or you're you're doing the four percent inflation adjusted no matter what year to year. I mean, effectively, Wade, what happens sometimes is things become a wash, right? You overestimate in one category, only to underestimate in another, and then you know when when you know, they kind of uh, net out even, right? I mean, I I kind of see that with healthcare a lot where people they they don't really realize they're not going to be spending as much for leisure just simply because you're you're not going to be moving around you know or you don't want to anymore there's only so many times you can whatever see old faithful <laughs> you don't want to at a certain point and that kind of starts to offset the increase of health expenses at least anecdotally that's what we've seen with clients
2: yeah and and something like so There's just scary estimates about the average price of a nursing home is $100,000 a year. And what can make that scarier is the inflation on that. It's expected to be a lot higher than the overall inflation. So if you're maybe in a nursing home 30 years from now, that can look pretty nasty with a five or 6% inflation rate attached to it. But nonetheless, at least some offsetting item is when an individual does move to a nursing home, a lot of their other expenses would go away. There's no travel budget anymore. The food, well, the the nursing home provides food, so you don't have that sort of food budget anymore and so forth. And so the inflation is still a big issue, but at least the full 100, it's not that if you move to a nursing home, whatever you budgeted has to increase by the $100,000 nursing home expense. A lot of the other expenses will be offset in that type of scenario. And so that can provide a, at least a little bit of comfort with that type of long-term budgeting. And
1: if you've done your sensitivity analysis, you know where you're thinking about if you live long, live short, et cetera, et cetera. This is where you can determine if you need to reduce a certain amount. You're kind of reducing it by the amount that you could still enjoy retirement. Sure, you may not travel as much, or sure there may be some leisure stuff you don't do as much. But it's still there's an acceptable there's an acceptable floor around that 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 you know what it is and and that that could help you sort of horse trade a little bit with regard to unexpected contingencies Mm -hmm. but you know from this episode wait i I think we've covered all the bullet points And, and and just to be clear we started with last episode the main issues regarding budgeting for retirement how to budget how to think about the basic moving parts we got into a replacement rate which is that that quick and dirty you take your salary you know a bit whether an average or whatnot. but let's just say you take your salary and, and you apply a replacement rate to it like I'm gonna spend 80% of that which is kind of a go-to number for I don't even know how that number came about wait other than that study used it and it, it worked for them we talked about safe savings rate as you accumulate which is the inverse of the 4% rule to some extent it, it focuses on savings amounts so the time you retire your kind of goal then, in terms of your distribution. Here, we took another approach to budgeting, which is really line itemizing that out. You want to perhaps, Wade, just give a quick summary of that, and as we lead to the the next phase of, of this art.
2: Well, yeah, we, I mean, our focus today was really on, on the budgeting piece, the longevity and lifestyle. Um, there is also the, the legacy and liquidity that We didn't spend as much time on but that's kind of the the next step of that process of is there a specific legacy goal or is it just whatever is left over and then also that with the liquidity that's where specifically how much i want to set aside for long-term care or other types of potential spending shocks beyond my retirement budget but first you you want to think about that retirement budget so hopefully this discussion uh, does help to make some of those issues clear with how to be thinking about this and the kind of options and flexibility people have and how to think about what have you been spending and how might that change after you yeah. retire.
1: And in the upcoming episodes, we're we're going to talk about the, now that you have the budget, you know what you're working with. Remember, it's what's your retirement income style? What what strategies resonate with, you resonate with then? Okay, once you have those strategies, how do you assess the economic feasibility? Step one is just let's get your budget in order, right? And then once you have your budget in order, let's assess your preparedness for retirement. So how do you assess this preparedness? And that's what we're going to go into in in upcoming episodes. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on Retirement
2: Style. Wait. Yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone.
1: All right now. Bye.
0: Wade and Alex are both principals of McLean Asset Management and Retirement Researcher. Both are SEC-registered investment advisors located in Tysons, Virginia. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational and educational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific securities. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor. All investing comes with a risk, including risk of loss. Past performance does not guarantee future results.